Welcome into the bad fan. The end of the World Cup is here. Magical Messi has led Argentina to its second final since 2014, while France is looking to secure back-to-back champion status, an exclusive group. But we're going to break down their bids for glory on the bad fan. So join in. Our journey begins right now. The end of the World Cup is here. Oh my gosh, guys. But we're back for another special edition of the World Cup Bad Fan. I'm Cole Carter. I'm joined by Stephen Curl and Brandon Patesnick, three soccer guys who have loved getting to share the World Cup with all you beautiful people watching across the world. Guys, it's kind of sad we've come to the end, but what a World Cup it's been, huh? Yeah, I think it's been pretty great. All the on-field stuff has been been really great. Um, I've enjoyed a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's been a lot of drama. Um, who would have thought that we'd see the day Ronaldo isn't starting every world cup game. Um, first African team, Morocco to get to a semifinal. That's awesome. So it's been a tournament for firsts and it has not lacked on the entertainment side at all. It definitely has not. And I'll tease a little bit as we kind of look to the future. We have today's episode. We'll do a World Cup kind of recap episode. And then uh, Stephen cannot wait to unpack the U.S. men's nationals team journey in the World Cup and post-World Cup, the kind of drama that's been unfolding. We'll unpack that next week as well. But for today, we're going to be looking at France and Argentina. They have made it to the World Cup final. We're going to see how they got there, how they did in the semifinals, and how we think this thing will pan out. But Guys, let's look at this semifinal for Argentina. They were going up against a great team in Croatia, a Croatian team that was in the World Cup final in 2018. Uh, so no slouches, but a lot of people counted them out this World Cup. They thought they're too old. They couldn't do it again. Um, but here they go. And the semifinal once again. But what went wrong for Croatia, Brandon? Um, they didn't create enough chances, I don't think, in this game. Um, when your furthest point forward is, um, gosh, he's slipping my name. The, the guy for Tottenham, what's his name? Perisic. Perisic. Thank you. Um, when he's your like furthest attacking player, like, I don't know, maybe that's a tactic of theirs. And I know he does like to get forward. He's good doing it, but at this stage you need a little bit more than that. Um, so they didn't create enough, but yeah, in this game specifically, there's just too many errors. A penalty that met Messi absolutely roofed. I made no mistake about that. And then uh, they just couldn't clear the ball on a marauding Julian Alvarez. I think he picked up the ball like around half field and just drove right through the yeah. heart of the defense. It was crazy. Um, but they just couldn't clear the ball. They had opportunities to. That goal definitely wouldn't have happened if they did clear the ball. Um, and they had two chances to do so. So anywho, they go down 2 nothing, and then... That's basically it. Messi Matic to get the third goal. Yeah, the, that goal with Sosa trying to clear it and just not getting enough of a foot on it, really probably something that he would want back. Um, mm-hmm. But that third goal by Messi is just one that was a beauty. You have 
Gavardiel, who's been the top defender of this World Cup. Everyone's been talking him up. Um, he's had the eyes of many top clubs on him since the summer. And he comes in this thing, like, all the way up here, like, on cloud nine. And Messi just put him in his place. I mean, the GOAT went to work, uh, taking him up the sideline, put him in a dishwasher, had him forwards and backwards, and then getting to the byline and just getting the perfect assist um, to Julian Alvarez. I mean, Messi seems like he can't do any wrong. Um, is it Messi's destiny? We'll discuss that a little bit. Uh, but the sad part for me is that this might be the last time we see Luka Modric on the international stage. Um, but talking about Croatia a little bit earlier, should he and Croatia walk away proud of where they finished or leave disappointed they didn't do more in this World Cup, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I think the the only right answer has to be proud. Um, I mean, like you said, they made it to the final in 2018, make it to the semifinal. A lot of teams, uh, a lot of people wrote this team off uh, too old, too slow. Um, to Brandon's point, maybe not enough attacking prowess up front. Uh, Kramerich, not really household name um, for that team, but, you know, this is a team that, you know, formed in the nineties, as far as, I mean, the country that formed in the nineties and um, plays, I think their population has like 6 million or something like that. Anyways, it's crazy. It's one of those teams of destiny. Um, and let alone, let's not talk uh, about this team without Luka Modric um, in the conversation, at least for one of the best midfielders um, ever. Uh, and he showed it, this tournament balled out. And if he's balling out at this age, I mean, he put in some shifts too. This wasn't a guy that was limping off the field in the 60th minute, in the 70th minute, um, full 90 minute shifts, extra time, you name it. So mm -hmm. yeah, this team should be proud. This team should be proud. And I think if the penalty, I mean, I won't say, oh, if the penalty doesn't happen, you know, this game changes. However, up to that point, Croatia looked the better side. Mm, um, they did. And it's, you know, questionable penalty. I don't know, whatever. Um, it was a penalty, I think. But it, it's unfortunate for Croatia, for Croatia. And I think it just speaks to the depth of Argentina to, okay, we have our goal now. Let's let's start to unpack. And so I think Croatia's game plan changed there. And maybe the dramatics of their previous game, um, you know, left the team with uh, tired legs. But... Anyways, that's a really long answer, but the team should be super proud. I've loved watching them the past eight years because it's a team that you don't think about going to – we're talking about Brazil. We're talking about, you know, Spain, um, you know, England, Germany. How much of a disappointment have they been? Like, it's hard to get to this point of the tournament. Mm -hmm. um, I think this World Cup has taught us that. And for Croatia to almost go to back-to-back -back finals is absolutely insane given the talent as they stack up against the rest of the teams um, in the tournament. So good on you. Yeah. And they have dope I, jerseys. Yeah. Yeah. True. I think we've, we covered that in a previous episode. So go look at our uh, world cup preview for the jerseys. That was a lot of fun, but Steve, yeah, I forgot. Steven rated those very high. Yeah. Yeah. He as it should. They were great. They were great. Um, but I forgot how good Croatia's midfield was. And I know they got a lot of praise throughout this tournament. And they are like they are phenomenal. One touch passing, always know where to go with the ball, always the right pass. Usually, it it was insane to watch. Like it was so entertaining. It was beautiful. 
Um, another thing Croatia typically does well too is defend, which they didn't do this game, like we mentioned. But like their defense yeah. was really good. Dian Lovren is, uh, is it Dijon? Dion. Yeah. Um, looking like he was in back in his Liverpool days. I mean, he looked really good this tournament up until this game. There's a couple defensive errors, but with Gavardio as well. But they were a fun team to watch. So I I agree with Steve. They should definitely be really really proud. And again. Beating Brazil, the favorites for the tournament, like that's no easy feat, um, you know. And no one else can say that they beat them this tournament. It, it was literally only Croatia. So um, good on Croatia. Congrats. Now I'm just I'm really interested to see where they go from here. Yeah, and their keeper, he made a big name for himself in that PK shootout. And in general, he had a really good World Cup. And hard to, you know, fault him in the Argentina game, but he definitely stepped up in proved his worth maybe he'll get a move somewhere i don't know where he's at now but again some of these players might be making moves in this january window and he might be one um but guys croatia they go out argentina they have had a weird world cup this is the one of the first times they kept a clean sheet i think the only other time they did was it australia that they beat i think clean sheet um uh, australia but, did score a goal i'm pretty sure so even then, this was a shaky team, but they are able to get the clean sheet against Croatia. So something that they maybe proved to themselves going in this final, that we could be a defensive wall um, and kind of, can, uh, what's the word, absorb the pressure. And so maybe Argentina themselves show that they could do it. But I think Croatia should be proud, um, just as Morocco should be proud. Uh, going up against the world champions in France, things didn't get off to a great start. Uh, Theo Hernandez, who came in for his injured brother who tore his ACL, um, has had an amazing World Cup. This guy's been flying up that left wing. And the fifth minute gets a pretty fortunate goal, I would say. Um, Steven, I think you and I probably agree, maybe Brandon, that maybe the Moroccan keeper could have done a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's I – I wouldn't call it like a glaring – maybe I would in a World Cup given the stage, but – it's one of those awkward, weird in between, go for the ball, guard your near post. Kind of seemed like a lack of awareness. I don't know. Almost yeah, on the I was gonna say, part. Like, yeah, he didn't know where he was on the field almost. He didn't know where he was on the field in accordance with the goal. Um, it was an awkward ball, to be fair. But, um, but I mean, you just can't do that um, if you're trying to go to a final in a World Cup. But keeper could have done better. It just seemed like he was slow to react. Even the guy on the line, it just seemed like they didn't know quite what yeah. to do with themselves. Um, like the guy on the line is watching it, but I feel like if if it's me, I would want to cut off that angle more. I don't take a step towards the ball maybe. And the keeper as well, just like he was on the ground and got up. I mean, at the very least, just like you can get not on the player, but get a lot closer and just, yeah. I don't know. It was, just, it was strange. It was strange to me. Uh, but Theo Hernandez, made the you know crazy kick he got his leg up high and got the ball on the ground and put in the goal it's it's all credit to him um but mm -hmm. morocco there just looks a little shaky um which then obviously gave france a huge leg up um but morocco didn't go without their chances they came back pretty strong to be honest really uh firing up on that right wing moving a lot of the ball through hakimi and ziyech together um in the yeah. first half to get that bicycle kick off the post which had a couple of French hearts beating pretty quickly. Um, and then a huge clear off the line from Kunde. But um, I don't know. Brandon, what did you see that French was doing that um, 
maybe was something that they improved upon in that England game? I don't know because they did they played well against England, but I think it's fair to say England played the better game against France. They just came out on the wrong side. Um, maybe if Harry Kane puts his penalty away, England's here and England's probably going to a final as well. But um, France, I mean, yeah, like we said, they took their chance as well. Uh, I don't remember them creating a whole lot. I know Giroud had a couple chances that he should have scored at least one of in this game. Yeah, that, that um, probably would have been insane. Yeah, but one of the things that, and we'll get into this when we talk about the France-Argentina game, but France broke pressure really, really well against Morocco. Like, there was never a moment where they were under pressure, made a bad pass, or lost the ball in a bad area, from my, my memory. And they, they just never put themselves under trouble. So um, that's definitely a, a great thing, <laughs> as you can probably imagine, uh, especially going into a game against Argentina, who really liked to press heavily. Um, yeah, France just looked the better team on the day, and they they looked good and ready for a World Cup final. Yeah, I thought the big thing that they improved was Mbappé was sort of quiet, I think, in that England quarterfinal. Like Kyle Walker did a really good job of limiting him, which then obviously... Mm -hmm. When you limit Mbappe, that can open up other parts of the field, like we saw with Griezmann being able to move around that midfield pretty freely, get some good balls in the box, and they, that's how they obviously got their goals. Um, but I saw Mbappe this time was a, looked a lot more dangerous, um, really going up that line using his speed, but also then in tight spaces using his dribbling abilities in the box to be really dangerous, which is what ultimately led to that second goal in the 79th minute um, where four or five guys just collapse on him which then leads him to get a shot off, gets blocked, but because there's no one there off the deflection, um, Randall Kolomuani uh, literally was on for like 30 seconds, comes on first touch and just puts one <laughs> in the net for 2-0. Um, so really Mbappe, the golden boot leader, showed up and made a big impact, I think, on this game where ultimately, you know, Morocco wasn't able to put one in the net, but they had their chances, like you said. Um, but I don't know. I think France... I was pretty comfortable with France this whole game. I think, like you said, they didn't look nervous. They didn't have any nervy moments. They were pretty collected. Hugo Lloris has done his job really well, uh, making mm -hmm. saves when he needs to. Not, you know, Sometimes Steven and I know this. He can have his lapses. Um, oh. Maybe he comes out of the box in a weird time or whatever, but he's looked like the captain of this team um, and looks like he could captain this team to back-to-back -back World Cups, which has never been done before by any player. So... Um, but yeah, this finishes the uh, the Atlas Lions, their magical run in the World Cup. Like, which we again, round of applause for them being the first African team to make a quarterfinal and semifinal, mm -hmm. inspiring an entire continent and region, the Arab world. Um, so they should definitely keep their heads high after this Cinderella run. Um, Super cool to see them but, do that. Also, I would say real quick in Qatar as well. Like that was yeah. like you could just tell like like all the fans that were there from the Middle Eastern region, whether it be from Qatar or neighboring countries that were there just to spectate the World Cup. Like, they were all behind this team. Um, and they were a team of destiny. Like, it was so cool to watch them. All the context being given, uh tournament being held at Qatar, to see them go mm -hmm. as far as they did. Yeah. And I think, and I think that, another... that atmosphere in the game was so loud, too. It was oh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Their fans really, really showed up. I was going to also say, I think they were for the first islamic country to ever make um a semi-final and the second 
Middle Eastern? Because I think Turkey made a semifinal at some point. I was listening to something or reading something where they said something along those lines. Fact, definitely fact check me and get in the comments and let me know if I'm right on that one. But something of the sort, they were also first slash second in. So they were making history in other ways as well. Um, yeah, what a great team. What a great tournament for them. They were really, really fun. And they that were just coach. like boring. Like they were really, really exciting to watch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's the thing. that yeah, coach fin like, to get paid too. Honestly, that in that second half, like they were putting great, great pressure on um, France. Like Hakim yeah. Ziyech, like I said, Hakimi, uh, number eight. I can't remember number eight's name. Um, like they literally just like you saw the ball get recycled back to the center. And they always came back back to their right side. <laughs> yeah, um, they did. So they knew what they were doing, and it, it was working. I mean, they were getting decent chances. There was one like the ninety third minute. Was that the one that was cleared off the line? I can't remember, but um, just too little too late for Morocco. Um, but, hey, something to be proud of, uh, nothing to be upset about. They can still get third place. They can still beat Croatia in the third place game, which is sort of that weird in-between of, like, do we try? Obviously, there's a lot to play for pride-wise to say we came in third place. So I feel like Morocco is probably that country that will put their all into it. But maybe yeah. Croatia, been there, done that. Maybe not so much. But, um Hey, you know, the Atlas Lions, a lot of play for for the red and green. Um, we'll see what they do in that third place game. But the World Cup final matchup is France and Argentina. We got the back-to-back champion hopefuls versus Destiny Messi. Uh, let's talk about how these two teams actually match up with one another. Um, we have different formations for each of the clubs. Um, Brandon, you kind of lead of what we might look at um, from each team formation-wise. Yeah, and these are just from their, their their past game. Um, Argentina played a 4-4-2 with Alvarez and Messi starting up top. Uh, I think this is interesting. I don't know if they'll stick with this. They might go to a front three, maybe bring in Di Maria, who had a big role in their last tournament run um, and previous runs as well. Um, Di Maria has sort of been saved this tournament, so you might see Di Maria start. Um, he had a banger against them uh, last time they played each other. Um, yeah, four four two. I don't see much other like other things changing on the field. It might, like I said, might go to four three three, but the four four two seems to be really working for them. They seem really comfortable in that. Um, with France, um, four two three one is what they played against Morocco. Giroud's been starting up top, and he looks really, really good. <laughs> he gets overlooked yeah. in every in, in these tournaments, like international tournaments, and normal like club play he gets overlooked so much he's so good and remember he's replacing the best player in the world kareem benzema um who we just got just learned of that i guess is available for selection in this final i don't know if that'll throw a wrench into things probably not but you might see him on the bench um and then of course the best young player in the world arguably it's mbappe on the left griezmann in the middle who um, they, they're playing like this triangle in the midfield that just constantly cycles. And then they, when they're in a defensive posture, they're set up differently. When they're in an offensive posture, they're, again, different. Um, Dembele, who I didn't even know he was playing today um, against Morocco. He seems like not even there. Uh, might have a big role in this final, to be honest. He has the talent to do so, but he's usually on the right. This French team, again, is filled with players. Uh, I'm not going to go through the list, but Veron sort of holding down the fort in the back. Um, and like we said, Hugo Lloris, who is Tottenham's keeper, um, 
the captain of France, playing very well this tournament, maybe the goalkeeper of the tournament, um, ready, ready to go. But, but let me hijack the podcast for a second. I'm throwing a curveball in here. I don't know if I told you I was going to do this, but I have some questions for both of you. France versus Argentina, their history. Can either of you guess? They've only played, what is that, 12 times in their history. A lot of friendlies. Um, All competitions, wow. In all competitions. Who owns the rivalry? Or the we won't call it a rivalry. Who owns the matchup? I'll go first. I'll say... Even numbers, 8-4, Argentina. Mm, okay. I will guess France. We said 12. Yeah. 5-3-4. Mm-hmm. Five, five wins, three draws, yeah, four losses. That's very close. You guys are sort of similar. Uh, Argentina actually has six wins there have been three draws and france has won three times so yeah we'll see we'll let the chat decide uh who was closer on that my mind's not sort of working right now so that's fun fun they haven't played a lot but they have played in some big games do you remember the last time they played each other uh 2000 I don't know, 14 World Cup, maybe? Okay. Cold maybe year. not, because they're both... They had to have been in the same group at some point. Because they're always at the I'll top, guess... too. That's that's the thing, is that they're never probably playing each other. I'll guess that they played in the same group in 2010. Those are some fun guesses, but no. The last time they faced off was in the round of 16 in Russia, 2018 World cup you might remember this game mbappe oh. had an early penalty uh which griezmann put away mbappe also scored yes. two on the day um di maria had an insane banger of a goal but it was only to be outdone by the goal of the tournament benjamin pavard with a sweet right foot yes oh riser from outside the box so i forgot into the top corner yes this was the round of 16 what a game for the round of 16 okay Jeez. uh the game messi also assisted at sergio aguero on the day um but the game ended four three um france obviously went on to win the tournament but that was the last time they played each other and uh i'm hoping for a lot of that magic to come into this game do you know what the game i'll guess a year okay it was before 2000 the last time they played a competitive match before that game not a friendly not a friendly um yeah and who won 94 94 us us world cup see it had to have been a quarterfinal no it wasn't 94 Steve, just guess. Uh, 1986. <laughs> it was 1978 in the World Cup for Argentina. Won two to one. I looked up the goals to see if any if there was any names that we knew. We would definitely not know them, and our listeners would not as well. But that's a little bit of history. Thanks for playing a game with me that there. Was good. <laughs> nice, Brandon. Let's go. Of course, of course, of course. Look at 
at our guy doing some good research on the pod. <laughs> we appreciate that. Yeah, they uh it's fun that they have extensive histories. Obviously, individually, they're two of the most decorated um countries in international football. It's hard to beat, you know, Germany and Brazil, but um Argentina and France both have seen success domestically, you know, I say domestically like, you know, European tournaments or South American tournaments. Obviously World Cups, that's the big thing that they've done. Um, and some big names have won it for them. And so now we get Messi, we get Mbappe, we get them in this final. It's going to be probably a big spectacle, knowing that one team can either repeat, which is a feat that I don't think has been done. I don't I don't know. Fact check me on that one. Um, and then also Messi, one of the biggest yes. names ever to play, has a chance to win his first World Cup. So I think really the fans aren't going to lose in this game. It's going to be a spectacle one way or another, um, something to be, that's to be ex- excited about. Um, I know, obviously, I'm very excited. It's going to be weird having it at 9 a.m. That is going to be a bit funky. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't wait to watch this one. Uh, but kind of back to the tactical side of things, um, we'll see Acuna probably come back into the starting 11, I would guess, for Argentina um, after having all the yellow card suspensions be erased. Um, so he served his in the semifinal. He had played, I think, most of the games on that right kind of wing back position for Argentina. Um, I would expect to see him slotted back into it. But mm-hmm. I sort of hinted at it earlier, both these teams have been shaky defensively. That Morocco game was France's first clean sheet. So defensively for you guys, who's going to be a little bit more vulnerable and more likely to see a goal scored against them first? Who do you think? I'll go first quickly here and just say, I think Argentina is more vulnerable. I sort of mentioned it earlier, uh, but France rarely pushes their fullbacks forward. So they pretty, you know, they, they defend solidly and then build from there and honestly launch a lot of counterattacks, which is really fun to watch like a really good team do. Um, but Argentina uses their high intensity pressure to win back possession and then push it into the attacking third from those recoveries. Um, you know, France is just way too skilled and can play around those type of presses. They won't always be able to, but they can do it almost every time. <laughs> so Argentina really does have to be careful when they're doing this, um, whether that's you know only pressing from a certain side or certain angle or whatever. That's where coaches come in, watching film, all that stuff. Uh, but yeah, Argentina's got to slow down a bit, I think, in their press if they want to increase their chances of winning this game. I think Argentina is definitely more at risk. Steve, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I think Argentina's the, the... I don't know, man. I think France... I think about the last World Cup final. And was it... Again, talking about Lloris, uh, wasn't it a mistake? Am I, am I making this up right now? Was that mistake in the final to even Perisic? I think Pull so. Pull back in the game 1-1? I think so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's Argentina's so dang crafty. It's the best opponent that France has gone up against. I mean, you could say England, but totally different play style than England. Like, it's not to be lost of Latin American play style, like, different, so different. Um, to Brandon's point, these teams have not played each other that much in their history uh but however recently in 2018 they're out of 16 but um yeah i don't know i th- i think 
I just think France is going to concede first. I don't know why. Call it whatever feeling. I think there's some sort of, um, who knows, resting on their laurels, maybe some arrogance, back-to-back champions, like you had said. Um, you know, Argentina is a team that can counter, like, like madness, like we saw, um, you know, against God, Morocco. Yeah. So, I mean, this, te- this team is just absolutely um, – incredible on the counter absolutely like lethal they can finish um and we'll see i don't think it's like glaring one way or the other though as far as which team is more shaky at the back but um, both teams are going to concede goals i think in this yeah game. both There's yeah there will be, be no team. clean sheet um and so i think i think as soon as we get first blood that's when things are going to start getting interesting um you might see these teams start to feel each other out a little bit but um I think what's going to be so fun about this game is that, you know, let's say Argentina concedes two goals. They are not out. Like it's, it's, it's going to be absolutely insane. You're going to see Messi put his head down. You're going to see Mbappe put his head down and just go. You're going to see Giroud pop up out of nowhere and hit a scissor kick off the post. And then you're going to, you know, crap your (laughs) pants. Like this is going to be, an incredible game. Um, two insanely talented sides of death finishers, experience, and young, exciting talent. Um, it's going to be awesome. I think for me, if I'm going to find a point to kind of, it's not even critiquing, but just notice with France is that they've been actually dealing with a couple of injuries slash illness. Uh, Rabio and Pumacano yeah. missed the semifinal to illness. And so that means Kanate has to step in that starting lineup to be next to Varane. And then you have to put in Fofana and for Rabio, who actually have been contributing this French side pretty well in that midfield. Um, kind of creating a little bit, making space in that midfield for um, you know, Griezmann. And so it's going to be interesting to see what Didier Deschamps does. Is he going to put those guys straight back into the starting 11? Is he going to stick with what happened in that semifinal with Fofana and... Um, Kanate. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there for me. Um, this France side has been kind of hallmarked by that next man up mentality. We talked about Benzema not being there. Giroud has stepped up immensely. Uh, we talk about guys like Paul Pogba missing out on the roster. So Chuamini gets to be a part of this roster. And um, so yeah, it's, I think it's been. Oh, and then Tio Hernandez, the left back, like I talked about, his brother getting hurt. So for me, that mentality has gotten them this far. And so I'm just so curious what Deschamps is going to do if he's going to stick with the hot hand or if he's going to stick with the guys that got them there in the first place. So for me, that's where that shakiness could come from is Kanate and Varane haven't played every game as to where Odomendi and Christian Romero have been very solid together at that partnership there. They're used to playing with each other. They have that experience. They have that camaraderie. So that's for me where that kind of um, Mm. point of balance is going to shift could be you know, how's that partnership do in the back? How are they going to react um, to each other? So could be interesting. Um, but Another I think thing, too, re- real quick, sorry, that I wanted to hone in on was looking at this France lineup is Griezmann. Like, I think this guy needs so much praise from the club situation that he is in yeah. right now at Atletico Madrid of not getting nearly enough minutes that you would think – to be in a starting 11 for France in a World Cup final. Um, 
and he has he's tied at the top of the list uh, for most assists this tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, the unsung hero, like Brandon was talking about, that triangle dynamic in the midfield has totally changed his play style, has not had game time, club time to do it. Drama at Barca goes back to Atletico, not really wanted at Atletico, not allowed to play full games at Atletico, and is still finding the form to do this. Um, I think that's a difference maker uh, that is flying under the radar going into this World Cup final. Yeah, and he was the hero last World Cup too. I mean, he has stepped up for this France team in immeasurable ways. And I agree. I, I've loved watching him play. Even in the game against Morocco, he's getting back clearing out defensive headers. You know, one of the smallest guys in the field is getting back and clearing out that ball defensively. So, yeah, I totally agree. I think he's been that magical man for France. That Mbappe, the past game or two, hasn't been. He stepped up. Um, it's because he's wearing long sleeves. It's the long sleeve jersey that really <laughs> creates the magic. Speaking of magic, I think in this World Cup final, you know, talking about defenses again, it's gonna be happening on the wings. All of the all of the attacking play, I think, is gonna be come from yeah from those wing yeah. positions. If if Argentina are still gonna press high and push their left backs and right backs forward, there's gonna be opportunities for Mbappe to get in behind and attack off the wing. You know. Um, like I said, France doesn't really push their fullbacks up, but who knows? Teo Hernandez was up there today. Um, yeah. And so that turnover could be Messi, Julian Alvarez, hell, Di Maria, Di Maria if he plays, going right at the, the French defense. So I think a lot of these these goals or these these goal chances are going to be coming from these these wing positions. So, again, Antoine Griezmann does love to, to pull out there and put in a beautiful cross. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm so excited to see to see what happens no i'm excited too i think I, just, I really can't wait but for you guys talking about who are you excited to see what do you think is the most sought after outcome for this world cup are we more excited for a potential messy world cup breakthrough or do we think the france repeat of something that's only happened once before could be something to be more excited about what do you think steve i mean it's got to be messy right um and i think Partially also because of all the drama with Ronaldo coming into the World Cup, it's got to be messy. Um, I think Ronaldo losing a spot at Man United and then coming in with Portugal and not starting, like, oh my goodness. And then it's like you associate Ronaldo, you're talking about Ronaldo, you think about Messi. And then you look over on the other side and you see Messi is <laughs> tied for a golden boot and also has three assists in this tournament. Like, and is about to win a World Cup potentially for the first time, uh, which Ronaldo doesn't have one. Um, so I think, I think people are really interested in that storyline. Who's the go, all that stuff. Um, you know, Francis won it. I think people might be expecting it. Um, I think it really just comes down to if you want Messi to win it or not. Uh, French people would obviously disagree uh, and fan, fans of the French team. But I personally think all eyes are on Messi is it the last? Is it his last World Cup? Um, if he loses, does he come back? If he wins, does he stop um, going out, winning Copa America and World Cup in the last two tournaments would be pretty wild. Wow. Um, so, yeah. pretty crazy. But that's that's my storyline. I think going into the World Cup is does Messi get it? Is he the greatest of all time? Um, 
And does he win the gold? I mean, does he win the golden boot? Does he go out with all the accolades that he can collect? Um, and so I think he wants it. So, and you can see it in that Netherlands game too. Um, yeah, all this, this World Cup has been fantastic, but Messi's actually letting his personality out and it's been cool. Yeah, Brandon, it has been land. great to see. Yeah, I'm definitely with the the messy train. You know, even since the group stages, this messy narrative has basically been written. And it's sort of weird to see it play out because typically, you know, it doesn't really happen. You know, stories, yeah. are the romantics in us, <laughs> like we like to say, like those stories don't always happen and they rarely do, but it is happening in front of our eyes. And it's been really cool to see. And not only is it cool to see, just like the story, just as in a general sense, but Messi is doing it. Messi is the leader of yeah. the team, and he is the best player in this tournament so far. <laughs> and like he's making everything happen for them. It's not like he's on the team and other people are making it, whatever. No, he's scoring goals, he's assisting. It's just and, and the goals. The assists are disgusting. I think the assists have been almost more impressive than the goals. Um, yeah. The vision of his passing is just absolutely amazing. No, he's amazing. So, yeah, I'm I'm on the messy train, choo-choo. Um, this matters for his legacy. I, and this is not really my opinion, but the general uh, media's opinion and a lot of people around the world, to be honest. The only thing that people criticize him for is not having a World Cup trophy. He's been there. He lost an extra time to Germany. Um, he finally got his first trophy, uh, um, this past year. And like, obviously it's really stupid that people hold him to this high standard. Like, Oh, you haven't won a world cup. You're not the best player ever. Um, and it's first of all, that's so stupid. Can I say that? <laughs> uh, but with Preach. a world cup win with a world cup win, he does more than submit himself as the best player of all time. Like with no arguments, he, he like literally will write his name in the stars everybody will wake up and see Lionel messi in the stars that'll be the new aquarius um <laughs> for the horoscopes it'll be Lionel messi um so it'll be a goat yeah yeah he'll be a goat up there and so i uh, it's and then there'll be no arguments he will be the best player of all time and how can you you not love that how can you not love that yeah, for me, it's just like, it feels like destiny. Like, it honestly does. And it's been so insane. I don't know if you guys have seen the helicopter drone shots of Buenos Aires. Like, yeah. the fans yeah. just filling the streets. That's not even for a final. Like, that's not even them celebrating winning. That's just them being out there. And it's so, it's it's incredible to have a country literally rally around him. I mean, they practically worship him, which is insane. I mean, you see the drums you see the flags him and maradona side by side and forever having this comparison between those two people and then now with maradona dying like this legacy is just being handed over to messi and he can he can complete it with a world cup win and it sort of feels like one of those like matrix moments like if he wins like what's gonna happen in the world like are we gonna achieve world <laughs> peace like like on it like, it's just one of those things that's so big and matters so much to so many people like I, I don't think people know what they're gonna do if he actually does win and so i can't imagine one just the like the relief if he won to him personally um 
I mean, just like what a weight to carry, not even just your own country, but the maybe billions of people in the world that want him to win. I mean, that's just a staggering thought to me. Um, yeah. What he what he can achieve just by winning one game. So it's it's insane. I mean, I saw a video of a of a woman interviewing him. I'm just like not even really interviewing him, but just telling him like this kind of note of just like, we're so proud of you. We're so like grateful for you. Like all these like different amazing things. And yeah, you guys talked about him showing a little bit more personality and like, you can see what these moments mean to him now, like having family there, having Sergio Aguero after the game, give him the man of the match trophy. Like he's starting to kind of crack a little bit. And I can only imagine what him winning might do to him. Just like, the pure joy and elation and what what like how beautiful is that and so i i think for that sake i want argentina to win um i want to see you know the un like the unimaginable happen and so um at this point france have done it they did in 2018 they'll have plenty more chances they have such young great talent um but i think for this one 2022 i want to see messi lift that world cup trophy um it just seems befitting and i think that's that's where i land yeah, being uh, I'll I'll play the French side a little bit. France does have the chance to become the first champion to repeat since Pele's Brazil in 1962, though. That's a long time, so that's that's some good history as well. Um, there's a lot to fight for there, and there's sort of this underlying story of like the old era of the best player in the world's ending and then the new one beginning and they're clashing now in a world cup final where one's already won one and could basically end the other one's career where the other one could win the, Oh man. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And their teammates it. and their teammates. They can literally they'll, they'll go play next week. They'll probably get a break, but they'll go play next week. And then in January or February, pick up champions league and try to go on a champions league run. And they could win the Champions League together. So it's so crazy. Yeah, I love crazy. it. <laughs> uh, also, I mean, talking I, about the goats. Go no, you're good. Talking about the goats. Our boy Pele, um, Brandon bringing him up, the only player in soccer history to win three World Cups. Hmm. Three World Cups, over 700 goals. Um, still in critical condition or whatever. Really sad to see Brazil not do it. But anyways, just just doing a nod to Pele. Pay my pay my respects. No, that's the thing. I mean that that's another storyline that plays into it. Maybe for France, you know, to be back to back. You know, like it's a weird thing to say how we beat you, but like the memento saying this is the first time it's happened. This guy, who we might be losing him and his legacy living on, you know, post mortem. So, yeah, it's interesting. I I really am not like exaggerating. I think that this World Cup has been like, despite all the things surrounding it what's happened on the field mm -hmm. has been special. It has been um, one that's just been undeniably amazing. So the final though, who are going to be the stars? Who's going to control it? Um, I mean, it's just, I don't know what's going to happen, but Brandon, for you, who do you think will be the star of the final? I'll, uh, I don't want to take too much time, but um, I think honestly, this is a fun answer. Either goalkeeper could have a big role. I think the goalkeepers will have some shots to save. And I mean like six plus, <laughs> uh, which is like a good amount. Um, I wouldn't be so like, it could go that way where it's like a one, nothing game. Well, even though we said it's not going to be, so I don't believe it will be, but like a, a two, one game with a massive save, it could be a goalkeeper. 
but I think it's coming down to two people that we've really revolved this podcast around, and it's pretty obvious who it's going to come down to. It's Messi or Mbappe. Um, and I'll summarize why. Messi's going to have to turn it on one final time. I think France is better than Argentina, and by a good bit. I think their team is better than Argentina's. Um, but Messi has turned up every single game except for the game against Saudi Arabia. Um, and there's no reason why he won't do it again here. Um, he's been the player of the tournament so far. He could end the tournament with the most goals, the most assists, and a World Cup trophy. And the romantic in me really hopes he does. Um, but on the other side of the field, there's Mbappe. He can also end the tournament with the most goals, the most assists, and a World Cup trophy if things go right. Um, he's tied with Messi on five goals. He has two assists, which is one behind Kane and Messi. And if he wants another World Cup trophy, it almost feels like Mbappe, Mbappe will be ushering a new era of top players. You know, like, like we said, Messi, Ronaldo, and Modric are probably all going to be gone. Now it's going to be Mbappe. Holland, Foden, Saka, even Chumeni. Like there's all these new crop of top players and they're already top at like the age of 21. Like they're already like top 20 players in the world. So it's it's exciting. There's a lot riding on it. So sorry for talking so much. I know I said I would say keep it short, but Steven. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, I think who I'm concentrated on is... I don't know, man. Griezmann's going for a second World Cup. I think he's just going to do something this game. I don't know why, but I think those guys flying under like the Griezmanns and the Giroux, um, they're going to be huge. Uh, Argentina's going to try to neutralize Mbappe. Who's going to be on him? Will it be Acuna? Yeah, if if they could tweak be. the way they play, it could be him, but... If they don't, it'll be Mbappe getting in behind, and it'll be on uh, the Tottenham, Christian Alina. Romero. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, I mean, we've talked about how the attack's going to come from um, the wings predominantly from this game. That's what we assume. Um, so who knows? Maybe Argentina tries to make France play dynamic through the middle, and then that's where you see the Griezmanns and the Giroux of the world uh, shine through. So who knows? It's going to be hard yeah. to neutralize Mbappe, so that's a very big task. Uh <laughs> But I got my eyes on uh, on my boy Giroud and Griezmann up the middle. I'm picking two players that I got my eyes on this game that I just think it's going to be somebody sneaky. I think there's going to be five goals in between these two teams. Yeah. Like, why not? So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those guys, maybe Paredes from Argentina. Di Maria, I don't know. My eyes are going to be on the video assistant referee this game. Oh God! <laughs> no, that's a way to. No, you're right, but that's a way to ruin. Oh. That's what. Yeah, I mean, I'm just so afraid of like some call being made this game and just ruining oh. everything. You got to assume they're gonna let him play. Like you got to assume there's gonna be no shocker. Like it's gonna take something egregious, right? Yeah, I like the referee a lot for the France Morocco game. I think he's a Mexican referee. I'm not positive. I thought he did a pretty good job of like letting things play on um there was a couple times like Mbappe would go down soft or some I mean there's one or two times he did miss calls but I thought as you're kind of saying letting things play out I thought he did a pretty good job but uh in all reality um 
I think it's going to come down to who can keep cool heads. I think this game is probably going to be very intense, especially in the later minutes. And Argentina mm-hmm. have shown themselves to be very spirited. You know, we saw that in the shootout win um, of them not being afraid to get in the face of their opponent. So yeah. I think that's a, that can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Uh, Christian Romero, Aldamendi can be guys that can get in your face and can be kind of rash. So in kind of hand-in-hand, the VAR, assistant referee, like they need to be careful of like not making bad mistakes, not letting their emotions get the better of themselves uh, because that might be something that could impact their game negatively. So I think, yeah, I think the center back play is going to be the predominant thing for me. I'm keeping my eye on. Obviously, offensively, Mbappe and Messi will be the guys, but um, yeah, we'll just see what these guys can do defensively and how it, um, they can handle the pressure of a World Cup final, something that a lot of these people have never been a part of. Um, some of these guys, like talked about, so young that they're just being thrown in the fire here. Um, but all that is happening on Sunday. If you're in the United States, it's happening at 9 a.m., so don't let that get past you. Make sure you're bright and early, uh, ready to go. I can't wait to watch this thing, guys. I can't believe we're at the end already. It's passed away so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Three weeks or so, it's, and it's already back into the finish line. But um, so excited to watch it. Um, any final thoughts before we get to the outro, guys? Um, any last part yeah. about it being so excited? Do we want to do predictions? Oh, I forgot about predictions. Yes. Yeah, extra time. <laughs> like, extra ways. Who knows? It's a good way to do it, right? Good way to end it. Yes. All right. Predictions. Brandon, we'll start with you. Predictions for the yes. World Cup final in Qatar 2022. Who do you have winning, France or Argentina? This game is not going to need extra time. I will tell you that much. This game is going to be electric, like we've mentioned. No clean sheets. Steve said a 3-2. I love that number. I mean, the last time they played, it was 4-3. It could also be 4-3. But I think a 3-2... Is a is a good number, like a really really good number. It's a and, good number. Uh, I I'm gonna go three two. Even though I think France is the better team, let me uh unbutton here. I've been oh. saving this. Oh. Saving this. this isn't that kind it, of podcast. It will be Argentina. Messi will be the kit reveal. <laughs> the kit reveal at the end. Um. We'll be cementing his legacy with a World Cup victory. 3-2, Argentina. Wow. Steven. Yeah, I'm going to go Argentina as well, supporting our boy Tiago Almada on Atlanta United, uh, the only MLS player in a World Cup final right now, so everybody else can kiss my butt. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Argentina is going to go for it. Uh yeah, I don't know. Messi. It's just written in the stars, right? Um, I'll go 3-2 as well. Um, I'll, I'll be try to differentiate myself a little bit. I'll say uh, a Giroud brace. Um, yeah, a Giroud brace. And, yeah, that's all I'm going to throw in there to be different. Ooh, but, yeah. Can, uh, can I predict the score? I mean, I can I say who's going to score the goals as well? Yeah, you sure. You might slide in. I'll, I'll say it after you. You finish. You just you just can't say Giroud. I'm only going to do those yeah. two goals. I'm not going to predict the other ones. Just Giroud's going to get a brace. You take it um, or leave it. 
write okay. your complaints in the comments. I don't care. Drew's getting a brace. I'm not predicting anything else. I think Mbappe will score the first goal of the game, but Messi will have two on the day to take the golden boot, and he will have an assist. Oh, Messi is going to show are... up with three points today. He's having two goals, one assist, and they are winning off of that. My sir, you are in the feet department. I believe that this game is going to go the extra mile. It's going to be a 2-2 draw to penalties. Oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, I think that the scoring is going to start with France on the front foot. I believe they'll score probably in the first 18 minutes. If I had to guess who, it's going to be Giroud. Ah. 1-0 to France. The second goal is going to be a penalty for Argentina. They will score by Messi's foot. So it'll be 1-1 at the half, which then is going to lead to... France scoring in the second half, 77th minute, 2-1. Late thriller. Steve's writing it down. There's going to be a Di Maria goal, 2-2 to go into extra time. Oh. Nothing happens in the 120 minutes. Penalties go in, and that's when the fifth the fifth penalty taker, Lionel Messi, comes in, kicks it to win the World Cup. They put him on his shoulders. His legacy is cemented. That is not going to happen, but I love it. <laughs> what a prediction. <laughs> what a prediction. Hey, gosh. Someone's got to put it out there. <laughs> what a way to end the pod. <laughs> That's how we do it. That's how we do it. But it's going to be exciting one way or another. I'll probably be wearing an Argentina jersey, just like you, Brandon, um, giving the support for the GOAT and little Tiago Amada, baby boy. Um, but – Hey, thank you guys for tuning in to the World Cup. We want to know who you want to win, what's been your favorite part about the World Cup, all that and more. Um, leave in the comments below. Find us on Instagram and Twitter. Do your thing. Because um, that's going to wrap things up on the Bad Fan today. Uh, so can you continue to support the coverage of the Bad Fan by liking, subscribing this video. Um, we'll do more things for the World Cup next week, as we mentioned, when the Premier League comes back after the break on Boxing Day, Champions League, and much more. Become a Bad Fan today. It's all you got to do. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Um, so stay updated every time we post by clicking the bell below this video. Um, and yeah, it's been me, Cole Carter. They've been Stephen Curl and Brandon Patesnick. The World Cup is finishing. We can't wait to see who comes on top. We'll see you guys next time. Until then, peace out.